I cannot believe that you went to your mother's house for Thanksgiving without me. What? I asked you if you wanted to go. You said go, have fun. No, no, William. I said have fun, go. How is that different? Because go, have fun is different from have fun, go. <laughs> Joan, if you wanted me to stay here with you, you should have said something. I did. It was in the subtext. Well, I'm sorry. I guess I'm just not that bright. No, I guess you're not. Because this was supposed to be our first major American holiday together as a couple. Okay, look, Joan, I promise. From now on, Martin Luther King Day is about you and me, baby. <laughs> Welcome to Oh Hell Yes, a girlfriend's podcast. I'm Nettie Smith. And I'm Etsy Rowe. And today we are covering the episode Porn to Write, written by Kevin and Michelle Marburger. Original air date 11-29-2004. Well, I do want to update you guys on a uh, podcast that I guest hosted on. I was on Bro Meets World and the episode just dropped this week. So if you guys want to take a listen... You don't have to know anything about Boy Meets World to know. Like, you can watch the episode without watching the whole series. But the episode that we covered was called Sansa's Little Helpers, season six. There's a similar titled one in season one, but this is season six, Sansa's Little Helpers. And um, it was a fun conversation. Earlier, we had Siege on from that podcast and we had a good time. It was such a fun conversation highlighting, you know, things that dealt with teen dramas, people of color in teen dramas and how they're written and all that stuff. And, you know, Boy Meets World's a classic. So it was good to talk about it. And it is a Christmas episode as well. So go ahead and head on over to your favorite podcast platform and Check that out. Mm-hmm. Friends to the show. Friends to the oh, show. Oh, yeah. Friend of the show. And guess what, guys? We got a special guest Woo! from the Hardy Wrestling Podcast. It's Stephanie. What's going on? I'm so happy to be here. I love <laughs> this podcast and I love this show. And I love that you girls, you know, created this show to talk about it. And I'm just really happy about this situation. I'm so pumped to be here and talk about something a little bit different, but it's something that I do love all the same. I love girlfriends. So this is a dream come true right now. I listen to y'all all the time. Oh, I love Aww. to hear that. I'm glad someone's <laughs> out there listening to us. Now nah, we got a good amount of people. It's just hard to believe people <laughs> like to listen to us sometimes. Like me and her just talk. Like we just chat about this show that we like and love. Mm-hmm. And we just, we never... You know, think about all oh, that person in their car who's going to work and listening to us and cackling on the way to work. So it's, you yeah. know, or even at work or even at work seeing y'all <laughs> and your boss is yelling at you and you're just like, oh, I can't deal. Let me put on some oh, hell Yes. You know, it's, yes. <laughs> it's great. So you have a podcast about wrestling. Tell me about it. Yes, it's called The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. And I named it that because my last name is Hardy. And um, in the wrestling fandom, you have the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff. 
um, who are a part of Team Extreme. So we always like, I always thought it was amazing how they had the last name Hardy, just like I did. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to name it after, you know, myself and my family and their family too. So I just felt like it just made sense to do that. And I started it in February of 2020, right before the pandemic, had no clue what was about to head over the horizon, but whatever. Um, And I just wanted to put all of my feelings about what's going on in professional wrestling. That's like WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, and Independent Wrestling too. I want to put all my thoughts about all of those things in a positive show where you can listen to it, learn from it, know what's going on in terms of its news and gossip because there's always something going on because wrestling never stops. Yeah. Like, like other sports stop, like wrestling never stops. (laughs) So I wanted to do that while also doing interviews with people who might work in wrestling or have worked in wrestling in the past, like the athletes, the referees and ring announcers and so many other different people, as well as, you know, showing recaps of what happened on various television shows. Like say, if you missed it, like if you missed the show on Monday, Mm-hmm. You know, I'll talk about, you know, what I liked or what I kind of did or didn't like on the show. And then I'll recap it for you, you know, in that way, because wrestling comes on like almost every day now oh. and there's always yeah. something happening. So I wanted to do that in a clear and cohesive way that invites everybody to the wrestling table and not really like um, cut people off or gatekeep. Like, I just want everybody to feel like they can listen to my show. And it's been going pretty good. Like, I have over 100 episodes. Um, It's opened doors for me. I'm also a commentator for various um, independent events and stuff, especially involving women's wrestling. Um, And I'm also a writer and a host for Women's Wrestling Talk, which is the number one women's wrestling show and network on the planet that's ran by um, TK Trinidad. She is a pop culture host um, extraordinaire. She started that network. And it's a lot of us who work um, for the network all around the country. So it's amazing. And I love being a part of it. It's beautiful. And it's given me such great purpose in the past couple of years. So it's been fruitful. And I love it. Etsy, you, you a wrestling fan? I used to be. I got caught on to Dwayne Johnson. Y'all know him as Dwayne Johnson. I know that nigga is The Rock. Okay. Exactly. Way <laughs> back in the day. And then he started doing movies and shit. And then he got OD Brolic and I don't know. Got... <laughs> so I used to be a huge fan of wrestling. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin was one of my favorite wrestlers back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? There was a few of them that I used to love. But um, yeah. I think it's so cool that your last name is Hardy. And then it's like meant to be mm-hmm. god's plan yeah that's what a lot of people say when i tell them that and they're just like oh my god it's meant to be and i'm just like it, that's kind of what it feels like sometimes it's just crazy how it turned out that way but you know when things are for you they're really for you and i'm just really blessed to be a part of it and to have done what i've done in such a short amount of time like it's it's almost three years now mm. so it's just been really great and etsy that's a pretty solid you know too top two right there from the 90s because that was of course the attitude era you know with wwe and those were the two men that kind of carried it for a long time so that's a pretty solid two solid faves there period i like that (laughs) (laughs) so moving on to girlfriends i don't know if there's a tie with wrestling but why'd you pick this episode well i picked this episode because i love 
um, watching Maya's journey from watching the show from the beginning all the way up until this point with her finding, you know, her purpose outside of just being Darnell's wife and just being Jabari's mother. Um, there was always something that she was always looking for and something more that she wanted to accomplish with her life. And it seemed like when she wrote her book, like she really found that thing, but then it, it hit a slump because she sort of got a little bit too cocky, <laughs> um, just a tad bit too cocky. Cause you know how sometimes you're, you got all this stuff happening to you and you just get happy about it. Right. And she's just like, Oh, this is happening for me. I'm making this money now. Blah. I ain't got to do this no more. But the thing about it is sometimes when you're following your dreams, you still got to do your responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the part that I liked the most about this episode. It's just, watching her kind of go from I don't want to do this part that doesn't fulfill me anymore to I don't want to do this job even though I will be writing because I kind of looked down on it a little bit because you know she was a little conservative to finally doing that job but then it still led her ultimately to where she was supposed to be so that's kind of why I picked the yeah. episode okay. because of her journey yeah I love where she goes in this episode, like what happens at the end of this episode to kind of get her on her way. And we mm -hmm. did talk about how like previously she quits a lot of jobs early. It's sometimes it's too early for her to be stepping on these jobs. Um, it's kind of short-sighted, but it worked out. It did, but it, it would always scare me when she'd be like, all right, fine. Or she would, the way she was at the law firm with William, I'm like, girl, you got a kid. You can't be like we can be, you know? <laughs> Mm -hmm. right you can't be all like it's about you yeah so okay mm -hmm. i'm gonna start with the cold open so we start out at skia it's just tony and lynn and tony's talking about her pregnancy um because that's all she does that's all tony is now <laughs> she doesn't have a personality besides being pregnant um yeah you know she dipping and, next season so they trying to get you primed and ready yeah i, I don't I hope that's not what it is. I hope hopefully we get to talk to her to figure out what it really is, but that that just seems too premature. Anyway. Um I don't want to talk about that yet. Oh yeah, I'm I'm not looking forward to it because I already know the show the show lost ratings when she left. So Yes. It, it might trickle down to us. Uh, hopefully not. We'll figure it out. I don't um, think so. Yeah, we'll have people that'll jump on and listen to the earlier episodes, but those seven and eight episodes so season seven and eight i don't know mm. we'll see but she's talking positively about the pregnancy about how she's glowing and such and then a couple of other pregnant women come up to her and they do like the mommy talk thing mm -hmm. and one girl refers to her maternity refers her to a maternity store to buy pre-worn clothes from celebs one of the ladies is wearing reese witherspoon's top and um, the other, um, I don't know what the other one said. Courtney Cox is something. That the other one. I was think wearing. it was jeans. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Right, because she had to use the restroom or something, and she didn't want to mm -hmm. like mess up the jeans. And the other lady's talking about massaging your lips with olive oil for elasticity. Those <laughs> lips. <laughs> oh, it was those lips. Yeah, for elastic. What you thought it was these lips? That's what I did think because I Googled it, actually, because I had never heard of it because I've never had children. Um, okay. I do not have kids um, at this Neither point. So I didn't know if she was giving her a tip like to keep her lips from changing because I know a woman's body goes through a lot of changes um, from what I've heard when you're pregnant. But 
she was talking about those lips? Really? Yeah, that's why Tony was like, okay. And she's like, oh, wait. And she looks down and she's like, oh, and she pushes the olive oil away. But yeah, um, oh yeah, okay. See that that makes more sense. I don't <laughs> doubt it that something happens to your lips when you're pregnant. Your your mouth mm-hmm. lips. Maybe they fall off. Etsy, you know some stuff? Etsy always has a tea on that stuff. Um, what I do know, what I have heard from pregnancy motherhood TikTok is that um there are a lot of <laughs> a lot of natural <laughs> remedies that can help with things like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. everybody knows the shea butter with on the stomach can help with the stretch marks. So I wouldn't be surprised if the olive oil is helping with the with those lips. Those lips and the you could put the shea butter on the on the these lips too, probably. Yes, they do have yeah. that in the stick form, kind of like chopstick. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was interesting for me because I was just like, okay, well, you know, lips, whatever. But then she pushed it away and I was like, wait a minute. Huh? <laughs> but, you know, after that point, I was just like, okay, well, maybe Tony will just take her advice and then just, you know, move on with life or whatever. But if it was those lips and that fits in the general theme of the episode, doesn't it? <laughs> wait, did I not mm-hmm. catch the joke? The lips. Those clubs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm missing the joke. I'm sorry. She's, what? She remember she ends up um working at that porn place. Oh right. Okay. It's mm-hmm. the the lips. I get it. I might not put yeah. that in. I don't want to look dumb. But okay, I got it now. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> this is your show. <laughs> I'm slow. Uh, it's late anyway. But um, so yes. when they leave, when the two women leave, Tony's like, "Oh my god, women like that make me crazy." It's like all they have to talk about is their pregnancy, which is obviously ironic because. That's all she does. Tony says she ain't like that, though. She has friends, a career, opinions about important events. And Lynn's like, really, what's your exit strategy for Iraq? So that gives you a, a, a timestamp of where we are. Oh, yeah. How am I going to think about Iraq when this pregnancy's got me constipated? Shoot, I need an exit strategy for my breakfast burrito. She's <laughs> such <laughs> Oh, Tony. She was like, I need an exit strategy for this breakfast burrito. Jesus, that's mm. gross. Ugh. Oh, my goodness. So that's when uh, Lynn pushes the olive oil back toward her mm-hmm. for the for the backside. That's how you mm-hmm. that's how you get the burrito out. Oh, this is gross. Ugh. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. Let me just say that I love how they were in L.A. and that there's a store that you could go to for old celebrity maternity clothes. Like... I feel like that is that would only be like an LA thing. Cause Me too. What? <laughs> that no, that is insane. I think in New I York, wish I would. Their version of it would be old Broadway stars' clothes or something. Oh my god! <laughs> they were, I don't know if they do that, but if they did do that in New York, I feel like that's where they would go with it. It wouldn't be just movie. I don't stars. know. I would sell that shit on eBay. Like especially if she was photographed <laughs> in it. You know, like if Reese was remember 2004, right? That's when the paparazzi was like prime. So mm-hmm. if she was photographed in it, that, that could make a good coin. Get your yeah. pregnancy clothes from Target. There you go. See, Etsy's always, she's got the money mindset. It's always, <laughs> it's always working. I can imagine they would resell for a lot. Yeah, Celebrity that's true. goodwill. That's true. But I do know one thing. If Carrie Washington were to ever sell one of her coats that she wore for Scandal, mm. <laughs> Especially while she was pregnant, mm. I would get it. Unless Etsy beat you there <laughs> if first. If I was pregnant, like if I was pregnant, I would get it. 
What did you say? Etsy loves that. Loves scandals. If she beats you there first, if not, it's yours. Listen, yes. all them oversized coats they was putting on Miss Washington when she was pregnant and them big old bags they used to have cover her belly. Lord, I am here for it. Yeah, she lo- she still looked cute, though. Like, And sh- and then they had to go through it twice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, she was pregnant <laughs> twice on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, for real, real. Not written into the story, like, real, real. Yeah, in real life, she was mm-hmm. pregnant twice by her husband. So mm. they had to do that for her two times. Man. So uh, next up, it's Maya. She's standing outside Tim Carnawick's office. That is Maya's literary agent. And she wants to confront him about how he's been dodging her calls. And Mm. the reason is because he can't really sell this book that she's been doing because self-help is over. This is what he says, at least. Look, Maya, I got to level with you. Self-help is over. People don't want to improve themselves. They want to improve their homes. Now, if you can write me a book on how to build a cabana, I can sell that. Long short, you got to come up with something new. Find that writer's chi and then you get back to me in six months when it's done. But Maya can't do six months. She can't even nope. do two months. <laughs> her bills are, are due now. The rent is due. What happened to her money? What was all this check, the check that William got for her recently? That's what I thought. I was like, I know they wanted to like write in something different with her and not have her coast on her money for too many episodes. But if William got her the check and that's supposed to sustain her for a little bit, and didn't that just like just happen? I don't it know. It just happened. And when she got that check, she was working for Joan at the J spot. If the money was going to mm-hmm. run out that quick, she should have just kept that job. Like you can get your little yes. money for your book and still keep, even she worked part time just to right. keep money coming in, you know? But she just yes. has this mindset where it's like, oh, here's a check. Let me walk out. I'm good. I don't need this. Yeah. And right. it's like, girl, you got to you gotta make sure you, everything's paid for first and that how much you got is going to sustain you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do the math. Yeah. yeah, you have to like make sure everything is straight with your responsibilities before that, because I feel like Maya would not have had to confront Tim like that if she was, you know, smarter with the check and just didn't quit. Because I understand, you know, she was, you know, irritated with having to work for Joan again after, you know, not work after not working for her for so long or whatever, because, of course, she went to William and stuff. Yeah. But it's just like you have to be responsible. It's like you don't only have you, you also have Jabari. And she was low key acting like she didn't have Jabari out any here responsibility that money or any responsibilities. And you can't do that, you know, um, living out there like that. Now, of course, she is grown because she can make her own decisions. But, you know, I also feel that Tim is also wrong here in the sense that he was just a really shady agent. Oh, he's terrible. Mm-hmm. He is so shady he's as an agent. Like, now, mind you, I've never had an agent before, but I know if I was, you know, an author or something like that or a host or something like that, I would want an agent who knows the what the actual temperature is, number one. And number two, someone who can actually maybe directly relate to me as a black woman. Yeah. I also feel like that was another mistake that she that Maya did kind of getting make. a white guy. Yeah. Mm. And mind you, you know, like there's no shade or no hate you know on my end because i love everyone but at the same time i feel like nobody really like fully gets you like that in terms of representation like another black person does yeah and i I just really feel like he was just trying to like poo poo her off and make seem like she wasn't important and saying that oh homes are the thing but no do you really know that homes are the thing or are you just saying it just to get me away from you 
chicken soup was a thing around this time for the soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing a yeah, lot that of chicken, was chicken soup. So mm-hmm. I don't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the thing when she first started reading the books. Yeah. Because she was reading But they were still popping out, divorced. too, right, at this time. Yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's like, I do have another idea for you. <laughs> and Maya's like, what is it? I can write anything. And I'm like, ah, chill on that. You never know. <laughs> mm. She's like, I will write anything. And so we get an optical flip and we see that she's over at this place called Climax Publishing. Um, hmm. And it's an adult literary company. It's Climax with three X's publishing mm-hmm. and a K. And you see a blow up doll in the corner and you see what kind of, okay, this is the kind of place it is. So is this where the books like Fifty Shades of Grey and all the Zane books we get and published? Because those were my shits back is... in the day. I was way too young. <laughs> this is a little heavier than Fifty Shades. This is a little. Yeah. This may be Zane. Stephanie, have you read the Zane books? Are you into those? Not all of them. I've only read one. Which and one? this one was more of a romance mixed in with all the hot steamy stuff. That was like Afterburn. Oh, yes. I liked Afterburn. I used to be the biggest Zane fan, y'all. Like, oh my God. First of all, I was way too young. To yeah, read she was out books. here for I, a minute. I, Googled, I gave it a goog. Yeah. Sex Chronicles. Okay. <laughs> and then when when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, I was like, what is this gentrified? What is this? Oh. Uh-huh. So I was yeah, kind of annoyed see, out of that. But I, is, I was I just like wondering if, so like, is is this publishing company where someone like Zane and whoever the Fifty Shades of Grey author is, shout out to them, I don't, know, I don't remember the name off the bat, or are those two books and those authors just considered authors who have like steamy stuff in their books, right? Because when you're reading a book, it's not like a porno. Like there has to be a, a story in it. Right. But right. what makes it porn is that when it gets to those sex scenes, they describe it very, very detailed. Yeah. They don't mm-hmm. shy away from mentioning every little body part and every aspect of it. Um, yes. I've never read the Fifty Shades book, but I did see the movie. Mm-hmm. And Me too. Same. I can't, I can, the movie was rated R. That's all I can really say. It wasn't X. So I guess they could have gone further than they actually did. There was some scenes in that movie. I was like, oh my God. I was in the theater like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, who's next to me? I was like, like, I don't, I don't see anybody I know in here. Um, help. <laughs> grown people. But That's funny. I feel like from what I heard, Fifty Shades is like a little more tame than what they're explaining here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But it will still be like yeah. erotic literature. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're still going to have a story. They're not just going to jump mm-hmm. into the, to the, to the porn, to the sex right then. But there's going to be a story. Someone's going to come to the door and order pizza, you know, mm-hmm. or with extra sausage. Toss <laughs> 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 the salad, child. Okay. Oh man, man. that was but fun. Did you guys see who was playing her boss in the scene? I did. Who was, who it, was it? What's his name? I do know he was one of the dudes from Penn and Teller. I think he was Penn. He's Penn. Yeah, Penn yeah. Gillette. Penn Gillette. Because mm-hmm. they were um like really famous ma- magicians back in the day. Yeah, he does. They do a lot of stuff in Vegas, and they do little magic acts. And um, I didn't know he. I don't know. Maybe I did know that he was an actor. I guess he is and stuff. I'm trying to think of what else I've seen him in. But yeah, he's playing a character here named Clem, which is presumably Maya's boss if she takes the job. 
And um, he's given her the overview of the stuff they've previously written. Virgin Vix, Horny Housewives, oh, Juggernauts. Mm-hmm. Those are tame, very, very tame titles. It's more tame than those. Um, remember Jabari was buying the porn previously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poke me, man. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so Maya doesn't know any of those books. And they're like, it's fine. You don't have to write anything hardcore. Maybe some mount spanking. Keep it soft and light. And you've got the job. But Maya has a problem. Which I didn't realize she was this religious. Did, did we know this? That she wouldn't no. do this because she's so religious? We rarely see her do anything religious. No. I mean, she'll mention the Lord here and there or whatever. But like, this whole I can't do it because... God stops me from... This actually reminds me of the clip that you sent me, Nettie, of Yvonne. Oh, you want to talk about that? We can talk. Oh, we wow. can put it in whenever you want to Whenever you want to put it yeah, in. Yeah, we'll but, just talk about it. If yeah. I decide to keep it, we'll keep it. So the actress that played Yvonne... See, I follow her on Instagram, though. That's the thing. I found her. Um, I think it's Cece Michaela. That's it. Cece. So she was, um, it was like this interview where she was talking about why she quit the show, mm-hmm. about how it was like becoming too sexual. And then, are you, I mean, are you religious, Stephanie? Um, I am to a degree. I do believe, I do subscribe to Christianity, but I'm also a pretty open-minded and liberal-minded person because I do know that sometimes people can use Christianity to be trash and mean to people in the name of god i try to sort of yeah and i try to you know lead with love most of the time so yeah you know i hear stories you know in and out about people who you know have their quirks about them because of christianity but i don't necessarily have too many of them so it's okay she said one day she was sitting at home and god spoke to her and said that he didn't want her doing the show no more. Oh, wow. The show is ending. The show is, like, over for her. And she's like, and she talked to God, and she said, is the show closing? She's like, God said no. No, the show's not ending, but you're finished with the job. I want you to work for me. Hmm. And she said, um, mm-hmm. she's like, I got to talk to my agent. What's my agent going to say? He's like, don't even worry about it. I want to make it easy for you. Just trust me. So she went into work the next day, and they had written something in the script that, made her look weak like made Yvonne look weak I wish I could think of the storyline she said that the things that she was doing was out of character for Yvonne and it made her look like weak and uh, docile and kind of like just annoying and just wasn't on brand with how she knew the character to be Mm -hmm. so which so she wink wink isn't that what they're doing to someone now wink wink but Tony, yeah. Mm. Maybe so. You think they wrote that in so they could push her out to push out Yvonne? Like, they didn't want that character and they were like, we know her. We know she'll quit if we write this. Um, I don't I, think hmm. that the character is important enough to have to kind of, like, soft write her out. I think that mm. since it's a side yeah. character, they could have just written her out. I just think that that's what they wanted to do with the character. And a lot of times the actors don't agree. But with Tony, yeah, they're doing a soft write out for sure. Mm. Yeah, I feel like in the case of that, 
I mean, actors, and this and this is something that also happens behind the scenes in wrestling too, mm-hmm. um, where yeah. you'll hear certain rumors, you know, out on certain dirt sheets, kind of like TMZ, but it's certain like involved with wrestling and and we call them dirt sheets. Um, mm. You'll hear certain rumors about how people aren't happy with the direction of their character in terms of their TV persona when it comes to wrestling. And then there's always all of these assumptions online um, and people run with the rumors before, of course, they really know all of the information and it becomes like a huge snowball of craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of know what that is when a certain person, you know, can kind of go in and out with something creatively that they don't like. And it's just that I feel like sometimes the person has the right to, you know, address whether they like the direction that their character is going because they're the one who's embodying it. So it's just like if Yvonne, if Cece Michaela didn't like the way that Yvonne was being written and she expressed that and if they couldn't come to an agreement of where the character was supposed to go, then I can't necessarily blame her you know, yeah. for that in it. And also spiritually, if she felt like God was telling her that it was time to move in another direction, then you can't really argue. It is what that. it is. I mean, it's the spirit, you know? And sometimes the spirit, you know, guides you in one area of your life that's different or guides you in the, in the where you are and maybe that's the right thing. So I just hope that she ultimately did what was best for her. But honestly, I know that she still got a whole lot of attention you know, from girlfriends being on UPN now. I mean, not oh, UPN, yeah. but Netflix. Uh, Netflix. So, so now she got you know, more people for her. Mm. Yeah, and um, nature food or something like that. So, because I did like Yvonne. Yvonne was funny to me. But I just felt like ultimately her and William should not have been married because he just wanted too much from her. Y'all gave her a stern talking to, and I appreciated it, but you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was like, like, she quit her job and everything, and he made her quit her job and... Which was stupid. I was like, girl. But that's what I'm saying, though, where it's like, these niggas, they be, they be picking and choosing and knowing who to try because William know he can't talk to Jones crazy ass like that. He already know what no. time it is. So niggas be going off and talking shit about Joan, but like, okay, but William ain't gonna talk to Joan the way he was talking crazy to Yvonne. Yeah, you're right. He has boundaries. It's like he saw something in Yvonne that was like, oh, oh, I can... I can kind of manipulate this one. Yeah, I'm yeah, not like a, a sort of a sense of desperation. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe we can get uh, her on the show. You want to talk to her? Yes. <laughs> we can get the tea on why she left. Like, how are they going to write the the character? Like, go into detail about it. Because she left, like, what, season? What was that, season three? Season four? Season two? I thought that was season two. Season two, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, she could give us the early, early, early tea. You know, we, we can't be talking all crazy, you know, when she on the show. Oh, religious amen. <laughs> you the one with the mouth. <laughs> you the one. We got, I'm telling you. So we got to make sure we watch our language. We bring her on. For sure. For sure. Okay. So um, Maya turns down the job at that point, And she says, It was a mistake, me coming down here. Okay, I'm a Christian woman. Only perverts with no moral fiber write these trashy, disgusting, and degrading stories. And guess who pops up from behind one of the cubicles? Mm. Lynn. It's our girl Lynn. Man, (laughs) she has like a bastion of experience in everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. It's like every Mm -hmm. episode, she has a new job. She She can write. I didn't even know she was a writer. 
I guess you don't have to be really. You just got to be sexual. But I think there's 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 definitely a skill to knowing how to put that to to pen. I mean to paper, right? And making that story juicy and the imagery that comes with that. And yeah, colorful and stuff like that. I mean, you can't just write, yeah, I was tapping that pussy or no shit like that. Like, it gotta be. (laughs) Do you tap pussy? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So you couldn't be a writer at this place. Okay, so it's not for you. Okay, well, I guess there is a special skill that you have to have to know the wording. So... And she seems to yeah. be a very high level employee. Like they love her there. So Yeah. Yeah. I think I think with Lynn, it's like even though she might not have been like an official writer writer, you know, you do in order for you to have as many degrees as you have, you gotta write some papers. Mm. So mm-hmm. with her writing, you know, all those papers, she might have picked up some things because of course, you know, in college or depending on what teacher you have, they'll give you like a, a certain way that they, or a certain format that they want you to write in and stuff like that. And even in some schools, like maybe private school, public school, whatever she did before she went to college, because we don't know, they she may have written stories or stuff like that. Because we actually had to do that when I was in elementary and middle school. Mm-hmm. You had to learn how to like write stories or like Creative write writing. poetry and stuff like that. So. Yeah, creative writing. So you just never really know. Maybe that was just something she had in the back of her mind that she just pulled out for this job. Because Lynn is a woman of many, many talents. And it's <laughs> it's really funny how much she can do. And a lot of people felt like she was a hot mess, you know, probably back then or whatever. But I kind of identify with her a whole lot because she has so many skills that she knows how to do that she can pull out, you know, to her advantage, like, mm-hmm. at any time. That's your creative, creative people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, <laughs> it doesn't make you a hot mess. That just makes you, you know, adaptable to situations. Yeah. So, yeah. I so, I mean, Lynn is amazing that way. And I feel like we should give her more love. Because I feel like people, people uh, yeah. just be writing her off as the freak. And I'm just like, no. Well, she's no, she's, she's more than that. More than that. Oh, she's, she's incredibly crazy. smart. She is. She's very clever. Mm-hmm. She's clever, resourceful. But there's some things she's done in the past couple episodes where I'm like, I know you're trying to get your business off and stuff. And I know you're trying to trying to make some moves. But why do you got to bring your friends down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're so, going to get into that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but next we're at uh, Joan's house. William's arriving. He's worried about her because she hasn't been answering his calls. And she didn't pick him up from the airport either. And mm. he's like, oh, my God, what's going on? I thought you were hurt. Etsy, what's going on with these two? He's like, oh, I'm hungry. Do you have anything to eat? And Jonah's like, well, sure I do. Comes out with a full turkey, with the stuffing, with the mashed potatoes, the mm. pie, the whole mm. nines, right? Because, you know, Joan, Joan know how to throw down in the kitchen, so she got a whole shebang yeah. bang. <laughs> so he goes, oh, my gosh, you got so much. And then she goes, um, yeah, motherfucker, because I thought that you were going to invite me to your Thanksgiving. And then he's like, what do you mean? I asked. And then she goes, well, I said, what did she say? To go have fun, not to have fun and go or something like that. She said, I said, go have fun. Yeah. She's like, no, no. He says, no, you said go have fun. And she's like, Mm -hmm. no, William, I said, have fun. Go. That's different. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have fun and go mm-hmm. like, she's like it was in the subtext oh my so, Joan. 
<laughs> long long you, story John, short, she's not. She's mad because William didn't invite her to her Thanksgiving. That would have been their first official American holiday. You know, Thanksgiving is the part of the big three. So it would have been their first big one together as a couple officially. Yeah. So he's like, you know what? Martin Luther King Day is all me and you. How about that? I'm like, who really? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'll take the free day off, but what? What is right? But like, what about the the fun holidays? Not that I'm not trying to diss Martin Luther King. Like, of course not. <laughs> no shade. No, the fun the but... fun holidays are New Year's Eve, Christmas, New Year's Day. Like, let's get lit. Valentine's Thanksgiving. Day. Even Valentine's Day. I mean, Martin Luther King Day is a is a day of service. Not that it's not fun, but you know what yeah. I mean, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, for sure. It's so, not really yeah, like celebratory in that sense where you have to have your family and everybody around. Yes. So these two, Joan and William, are having communication issues, which I didn't see it coming. I didn't, I totally forgot about this. Hey, have fun. Go go have fun. You're supposed to know this thing. You're supposed to insist. And I'm like, why are you making it difficult, Joan? Like, you finally found your guy. You found your person. Mm-hmm. As much as I love Joan, it's on her. It's This part's on her. Yeah. Well, if I can say anything about yeah. this relationship part, I feel like if it's like if the both of you know how y'all feel about holidays, and if this is your first holiday as a couple, y'all need to talk some things out. Yeah. Like, and actually address, you know, how you're going to spend time with with who, you know, and then, you know, what part of the day y'all going to spend together or if y'all going to spend that day together at all. Because you just never know because some people have to work, you know, on holidays. Because I know my boyfriend, like, when we first got together, like, we had to address everything because we started as long distance. And then I came home and then he lived in Birmingham, too. So we're together. But it's just like we always have to address What's happening on which holidays? Do you have to work? Do you have something busy? Do you want to spend time with family first? Or do you want to spend time with me later on another day where we can celebrate it? Like, those are things that you have to have. Like, communication is key. And you just can't assume that somebody knows you just because they're your friend. I mean, yeah, William's your friend. and He knows how you feel about holidays. But he's also, this is his first time as your boyfriend. So that's different. So you need to tell him. You can't just expect him to just know off rip. So that right. was kind of on John. A little better explanation. Yeah, because they didn't communicate that well. Yeah. I was saying, what you were saying is a really good point. He knows that she loves holidays. He knows it's a big deal to her. So, I mean, she did say, have fun, go. Or go have fun. So mm-hmm. if she didn't explain that better, then it sounds like what it sounds like. I don't know. Yeah, it sounded mm-hmm. aggressive. Like maybe in the conversation, she said, "Have fun, go." Right. Like, <laughs> wow. And she put some bass in it. Was that something. through? Was that through text though, or was it through phone call? Because if it was through text, wait, were they texting then in two thousand four? They were. Yeah. I was texting. Okay, sure. yeah, I've been texting since oh two. Okay, and, and they had money, too. so you know they had the blackberries and the sidekicks and six hundred dollar blackberry. Yeah. So I yeah, think my mama had a blackberry. Oh, I miss blackberry. I like to play with it. <laughs> so <laughs> if it was through text, I feel like it could get lost in translation. You know, it could be like, oh, yeah, go have fun. 
without any mm-hmm. type of emojis that they didn't have back then. Or uppercase letters or yeah, or anything like that. So that can be misinterpreted for sure. Yeah, I agree. So next we're at Blue Bar. Maya and Tony are there. Tony's doing the whole, I don't know what she is. She's just listening to Maya talk about how she's discouraged about her writing and her career. Um, Tony's like, oh, you like to write? Can you write down these numbers for baby registry for me? So she puts her to work doing that. And she's like, maybe God's telling me that I need to stop letting people control my life. Oh, my God. This is really kind of like that story. Cece Michaela. Mm-hmm. Oh. But Maya wants to go back on the street and sell her books. So she does. Um, I'm skeptical of people on, on the street selling their books. I don't know if I could... <laughs> How do you how do you know if the book's gonna be? It just it's hard to like be like yeah because people on the train do that right? You've seen that yes. on the train, Etsy? Yes, I've seen that. And it's on like, the train. well, how do I know if it's gonna be good or not? Yeah. How else do you think she should have marketed this book instead of standing out in front of these people? It's hard because store? they didn't have social media at this point. So I exactly, mean, yeah. you had yeah. to really do that footwork. I mean, you still do today, but like, it's just different, you know. I liken it to selling your mixtape or something back in the day. And this would benefit, like, social media would be a great way to get, if there was, like, (laughs) book, literary book, TikTok or Twitter, hashtag, you know, whatever, self-help, that would have been good. That's why I'm like, I could not have had a business or even a podcast at this time where there was no social media or internet. Because how would we get the word out? Mm-hmm. yeah like i feel like back then maybe she would have had to like you know get like some ads in a newspaper or maybe probably would have paid had to pay through the nose for like advertisement on a billboard like because even now thinking about it now like i can't even imagine what she could have done outside of selling it on the side of the street like that mm-hmm. but i admired the fact that she still tried Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I think the only thing she can do is she's really, you know, she really wants to stand outside and do this, stand outside of a Borders or a Barnes and Noble and do it. Yeah. Maybe she'll catch more readers that way instead of standing out in front of a food place. You know, mm-hmm. go go to where the the people are, the people that would like books are. For stand in front sure. of a library. You know, yeah. stand in front of a coffee shop or mm, something yeah. like that. Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so she's out there, she's selling her book, she's telling people about it as they pass. Um, this lady walks out of a store, like, it's a food place. Mm-hmm. Lady played by an actress named Axia Clemente. She's been on a lot of black shows, Sparks, The Game, a lot of stuff. She was also on some white shows, Doogie Howser, Friends, Pepper Dennis. She's like, is this book for some kind of religious cult? Because I ain't drinking nobody's Kool-Aid. And then Maya tells her about, oh, hell yes. And she's like, oh, I know that book. They sell photocopies of it at the swap meet. And Mm. then she's like, what? And she looks really defeated. And I had never, I totally forgot about this storyline. I thought it was Ronnie doing this. I thought Ronnie was trying to get some money and he sent it to the swap meet. Um, Ronnie would never. So I don't know. He wasn't, he was hoping to get some money from Maya. So I felt like this was him getting on the back end. We find out who it is later, but that was my initial thoughts. But you know, Ronnie did fix it though. So that her and Ronnie did fix that little, you know, tiff that they had. So a, a part of me really didn't think that he was doing it because he just seemed like he's too loyal to her for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be loyal to do somebody's hair for free for over 
15 years, fifteen or twenty years, like John said. Crazy, yeah. That's loyalty, and then that's family too. So you don't, if you do that to your own family, then that makes you Fifty Shades of Trash. Mm -hmm. So I knew it wasn't him. (laughs) Ronnie is loyal. Well, speaking of Fifty Shades of Trash, it's Lynn. She's the one selling at the swap meet, (laughs) and. I'm like, you know, Lynn has a hustle. She's always hustling and it's good to have a hustle and I want to support her hustles. But when you do this to your friends, like she did with Ambush. Yes. Not cool. Don't bring your friends down doing this stuff. This is about the third time that she be doing shady shit like this. And it made me look at her crazy. Like, especially Mm -hmm. since Lynn has a type of friends who really be there for her. Like, they be really feeding her and clothing her ass. Like, Yes. Yeah, like, thank you for being a friend. Like, that's Lynn. So I would treat them a little better, you know? Like, why are you always trying to fuck up? And it's like always trying to, like, fuck up their hustle. Do you, their business. You don't mm-hmm. notice that? Like, it's never just, oh, okay, I'm going to just do this because I don't give a fuck. It's always has something to do with a product, a service. Um, Jones Restaurant, yeah. something that they have going on that is new also, right? Mm-hmm. She's trying to fuck that mm-hmm. shit up. And I think, I don't know, psychology, Twitter, tap in. <laughs> I think that she's trying to fuck up their new shit to make herself better about not having any of her new shit be stable. Ooh, Almost like she's trying to bring them down to pull herself up. Yes. Yes. Very much projecting, very much insecure. Even though, I mean, they all have, like, really good jobs. Um, So, regardless, right? But these new things that they're trying out, she wants to be like, ha ha, he he. Yeah. And it feels like the writers are have been writing her like this lately, I don't know why. Do they want us to hate her? I don't know why. But mm. it's totally different. I never saw this turn coming for, for Lynn. Never saw it. But Me neither. It's so off-brand, too. I feel like she's supposed to be the free-spirited, ain't-got-no-job vegan who goes from place to place, who's couch-surfing at this person's house or this person's house. This whole conniving, evil sabotaging that's some shit you expect from maybe tony or something or what's this other girl name like, yeah what's this <laughs> other girl the fifth one monica 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 that's some shit i would i would expect yeah from you're her. right actually yeah not Lynn. so and she she's the one that needs to do it the least because she brings them down that messes up any chance of them paying for her lunches all this stuff right she's the one that needs to not do it the most monica Mm -hmm. you know i expect that whatever tony maybe but lynn you need these people stop Mm -hmm. yeah and the thing about the monica thing the only thing that i would disagree with the whole monica thing is the fact that she came from wealth already Mm -hmm. so i feel like her Doing that, it would literally be solely out of spite, like mm-hmm. just for yeah. spite, because she doesn't need the money, clearly, or at least at this point. But it's just even Tony, there is a degree that she would do it out of spite, you know, based off of her history. And she wouldn't necessarily need money either, because, of course, you know, she has her own business. I don't necessarily think Lynn had that much malicious intent behind it, because when she was, you know, talking to Maya about it, 
you know, she was doing it to get a doom buggy, to get a car or whatever, because, of course, she's always desperate in that way. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, girl, like, you don't have to do all that, you know, in order to provide for yourself. Your friend is out here trying to do something, you know, better for herself. And you're sort of sabotaging her while selling bootlegs. Like, that's not helpful. And you're taking 100% of the profit from that. And that's yeah. not fair when your friend could be getting that money. Mm-hmm. And she has a kid. Yeah. And she has a kid. Like, you just out here, like, you're just out here, you know, living your free life with no real responsibilities outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. If you want to play like that, you could play like that. But Maya can't play like that. And the idea that she was doing that just so she could get a car was just kind of like, man. Not even a car you could ride on the road. You can't ride that on the road. It's a doom buggy. Right. Or it's something like, I feel like at the very least, you know, you could borrow one of Jones' cars before you do some mess like that. Yeah. Like, that was just rude. And I guess maybe Lynn thought she could do it, you know, as a means of getting away with it. Like, maybe Maya wouldn't notice, but girl, you're too smart to be making them talk. Maya of frequents the, the swap meet, and her I'm sure her family does too, and they would have told her. Mm-hmm. So. And, she would have found out. And Lynn don't even pay rent. So... Why are you trying to fuck up Maya's coin when <laughs> your margin for paying bills is it's very low? Yeah. Once the rent is paid, you can eat at whoever house. Yeah. Like you always you get do. food from Jones. Go to her fridge. You don't got much else after that phone. Yeah. Clothes, maybe. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Lynn does do a good thing here. She tells Maya not to give up on her dream. And encourages her to keep going. But Maya's still not sure about that. So we get an optical flip. And she's in a an office. It's not really an office office. It's a low-budget law firm in a mm. trailer. Nothing high-tech. It looks like they're back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And her boss is barking orders at her. This lady doesn't care about the experience Maya's had previously. I am an experienced legal secretary. Oh, that's right. Mm. Are you from that big downtown law firm, uh, Goldberg, Swedelson, Big Deal, and who cares? <laughs> what happened? Get caught with your hand in a cookie jar? I was actually triggered with this, like... You've ever been in this situation where some some Black woman in leadership will do this, will just be irrationally not welcoming or comforting they're more likely to point out your flaws and anyway go ahead and do this it's like Mm -hmm. there's a way to say things maybe she wasn't saying them it's like who what are you trying to prove to me you know just just being what's the word not considerate of what other people are feeling and then just being like okay girl whatever but i mean To play devil's advocate, look at the environment that she's in. Do we really think somebody there would be the most professional and considerate <laughs> person who doesn't... Or happy at all. Yes. The, the woman, this woman was miserable. The woman <laughs> works at a law firm, right? And she doesn't even have a copying machine. How do you work in an office setting? That is, that's not even a luxury. Even in 2004, that is a necessity. Y'all niggas always that and a fax machine. Yeah. And you don't even have that. You got to go to Kinko's. That means them niggas probably know you 
by name. They probably know your social, everything, bitch, because you be there. <laughs> How many times a day uh, making copies? That's crazy. Yeah. And she has to use her own money. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is like, dang, Maya has fallen so far mm-hmm. that she has to go and use her own money to make these copies. And it's a law firm. They're going to have stacks and stacks of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, she goes out to take the, get the copies. And while she's out, she gets the boss a coffee, you know, just to be nice because they got off on the wrong foot. Mm-hmm. By the way, there's a guy in the waiting room with a neck brace on just sitting there. I thought that was funny. But old girl takes the coffee and then says, Oh, and just so you know, we don't have time for you to be running to coffee, tea, bean, and hoo-ha. Now, I'm docking that time from your pay. <laughs> like, well, then give me back the coffee, I guess. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was ungrateful. Because mm-hmm. she didn't have to think about you at all. Yeah. And I also think that that was a nice gesture in her trying to say... I don't want to say an apology because Maya ain't do nothing wrong. But like, you know, girl, ain't no beef over here. We just keeping it cute at work. (laughs) So Maya goes back to sit at her desk. And then all of a sudden there's a car accident right outside of the building. And instead of going to get help, her boss tells her to go hand out business cards. And I'm not going to lie. Part of me was like, you know what? I'm not going to hold you. Yeah. Like. (laughs) That is smart. Yeah. But you want to make sure everybody's all right. But once you do that. Go hand out some business cards. That's yes. that's how you keep the lights on here. And it's a little trailer. Mm-hmm. Especially during this time. Yeah, I thought that was funny when she was trying to give out the business cards. I'm just looking like, bro, like, what if this is an accident and nobody made it? Then what? Mm-hmm. I mean, the family will be around soon to see what's up. You can hand mm-hmm. it to them so they can I sue on. So. You never know. They might want to sue the car company or something like that. Or the person that hit the person. There's business there. Even mm-hmm. though it's kind of heartless. But sometimes the best business people are heartless. Mm-hmm. And they become the most successful, you know? Mm-hmm. But Not I also me, feel like that type of behavior, that type of behavior is what caused the great migration from jobs. Like, that's the type of behavior mm-hmm. that, lead, that leads to people, yeah. like, mass resigning. The great resignation of 2020. That's what that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Maya quits. That's where she draws a line. And uh, she's like, I'm going to... Uh, leave while I can still keep my head up high. And she has her headset on. I thought this was great. And she tries to leave and the headset yanks her back. That mm-hmm. was that was actually funny. Uh, so I used to love looking at those headsets. Those headsets that they used to have. Oh, Britney like Janet Jackson. In. Yeah. <laughs> you said Britney. I said Janet. Oh my God. Oh, come damn. on. <laughs> it's Janet. Y- y'all get it. Y'all Control. Get it. Rhythm Nation, come on. Yeah, we, we know Britney used to rip off a Janet OD, so, you know. Yeah. It is what Britney's it is. one of her sons. It, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. One of OG Janet's sons. But, like, yeah, why don't the girls use those headsets anymore? Can we bring them back? They don't sing no more. Oh? Oh. <laughs> why do they need headsets? Just mouth the words. Nobody care. That's how the girl. That's how the girls and the boys be. Beyonce sings. Well, Beyonce's different. Beyonce well, sings, yes. But the other girls? Well, there's a few girls that, that, that sing. But, you know, I just I just like the look of it. It's just very pop star. Like It's very cute, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know. But you yeah, know how with Maya in the office, when it yanked her backwards, I was just like, yeah, all the <laughs> dignity that you took to walk out of there mm-hmm. is gone. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gone now. Like you're embarrassed. And then she was still trying to dock it out of her pay. And I'm just like, ma'am, oh, you're yeah. the worst boss ever. Goodbye. She oh. did say that. Oh, sure she wasn't even like, are you all right? She was like, not docking it out of your pay. Mm. Terrible. Miserable middle-aged women. She going to owe money. Maya's going to owe money. She ain't work a full day. She ain't make enough money to be docked that much. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you may as well just leave that check there. <laughs> Damn. And throw in a couple dollars. Or actually Goodbye. take the coffee back. She should have took the coffee back. I'm still on that. And That's then what happened to pay for the copies too? No. Oh, yeah. She did pay for the copies. So she, she went to work but lost money. And coffees is five. The expensive coffees is five dollars today. Yeah. Right. She five paid bucks. five dollars back then. She paid five dollars in 2004. <laughs> Bitch, give me my shit back. Exactly. <laughs> Maya did right by leaving. Of course. <laughs> just, she's, she could do better somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So next we're with the J-Spot. Tony's explaining to Joan that she doesn't want to talk about her pregnancy because she doesn't want to be that girl. And Joan says, you know, you should be talking about your pregnancy. Not talking about your pregnancy is weird. And mm-hmm. then Joan looks at her belly and calls the baby Joan Jr. Little Joan Jr. Which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. But she talks about how William wouldn't call her since their fight. And she explains that it was supposed to be their first American holiday, first major American holiday together. And he doesn't understand why she's upset. I don't even feel like I know him anymore. Joan, you know more about William than anybody else. Sure, as a friend, but not as a boyfriend. I mean, as a boyfriend, he is a complete stranger to me. Mm. They're making this more complicated than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. It's usually a good thing to build off of when you're friends first. But this is their detriment. Usually, but I kind of get where Joan is going with this, right? It's like, you think you know somebody, but then you get into a scenario with them and you realize that you kind of don't because different situations bring out different things in people. So like, if someone says, well, I know this person and let's say they want to hire them. Well, no, you know them as your friend. You don't know them as a coworker, as a colleague. You know, that person might be a great friend, but yeah. kind of shitty worker. So I think that that's where Joan is getting at. And because she overreacted on a lot of other things, like it kind of gets swept under the rug when she does make points. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I see what she's saying. She's saying, I know him as a friend, as a homie. But a boyfriend, when you start fucking the nigga, th- there are different expectations. So I feel her. Yeah, all of her frustrations were absolutely valid. Um, but at the same time, there needs to be a communication bridge that you need to build. And it is very different when you go from friendship to lovers with someone. Because I've been in that situation personally myself, where I was friends with a guy and we dated for nine months. And us as a, you know, partnership wasn't exactly the greatest because we were both just alike and sometimes when you are with a person who you are just alike with because Nettie you you've been talking about these past couple episodes where you feel like Joan and William you know were perfect for each other because they're both corny but that's the thing it's just like when you're with somebody who has you know the worst maybe the worst um, character traits in common with your worst character trait it's not good and you wind up bringing out like the absolute worst in each other or tearing each other apart and then by the time y'all don't make it in y'all relationship y'all friendship is absolutely ruined and y'all don't have each other no more 
And I really feel like Joan and William... They're both bad communicators. Yeah, they're bad communicators. And they have a special relationship, but I feel like it should have only been them as best friends. Because at least when you have them... When they have each other as best friends, they could be goofy with one another, but then leave each other at the end of the day and still know that they have each other as friends. But as a couple, there's a whole lot of different quirks that they have that they need to work on on their own, you know, separately of each other and just continue to evolve better. Mm-hmm. But Well said. You almost you almost convinced me. Yeah, I know. I know. This, I you mean, made, I know you did make me it, think. You though. had your feelings, but it's just like, yeah. They were cute for a minute, but they were too much. They were too much alike. And I feel like that mm-hmm. when you get in a relationship with somebody who's your best friend, like with that, it can either be really good or really bad. And in this case, it was kind of really bad at the beginning. So, yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. a sign. So we see the reemergence of Mr. Sweetelson at the strip club with William. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, he's pretty good in this. He gives him some good advice. I like how he starts with um, Williams. Like, I don't think I can be in a relationship with someone um, who's this sensitive. Imagine what it's going to be like when we start having sex. And Swedelson's like, you ain't hitting that? (laughs) He's funny. And so he explains what happened with the Thanksgiving thing. He's like, well, did you insist? And he didn't insist, which I guess. I think insisting wouldn't have helped because I feel like Joan would have still had her stance with, no, have fun, go. Go have fun. He says Mm -hmm. he didn't want to pressure Joan. And Sweetelson says, William, you got to insist, man. Not insisting cost me three wives, two houses, and my jack. (laughs) And so um, William considers it in the relationship, but they won't. They got a few more episodes left, so... But he goes over to her house and they have a little they have a little conversation. It's funny when he opens the door, when she opens the door and he's standing there. He looks so awkward. He does not look sexy at all when he goes to her <laughs> no. house. It's weird. He walks in and he does this soap opera like, like, I think we should break up. So if you give me my personal effects, I'll be on my way. And uh, she's like, I, too, think we should break up. And unfortunately, I don't have any of your personal effects. They both uh, say goodnight, and he starts to leave, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, You're the one that's so insensitive. Oh, How you know, dare you? You, like you left me doesn't alone surprise me for Thanksgiving. One bit. You I mean, ran to play games and have a good relationship. And, and, and you wouldn't have been here to no save me. You know what? You probably would have liked that. You probably would have liked that. You With the turkey bone all lodged up my windpipe. It's a weird scene. They're both talking at the same time. They apologize. I can't believe you're going to let me leave. I I thought about listening to each person and seeing what they were saying and then seeing what the other was saying. Did anybody catch any of it? I'm so sorry. The whole time when I was gone, all I thought about was being with you. And what's a holiday without Joan? I shouldn't have expected you to read my mind. You know, from now on, I'm going to be more understanding and attentive to your needs. And be more honest with each other. (laughs) It was just a whole bunch of, oh my gosh, um, I guess I overreacted. I'm so sorry about that. And then he's like... And what's a holiday without Joan? <laughs> so good. Because they were just talking over each other. He was just like, you know, I thought about you the whole time. Because what's a holiday without Joan? And she was just like, I should have communicated. I should have just expected you to read my mind. And da 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 It was really funny the way they did it. Yeah, it was good. It was very good on the actor's part to to deliver that with the right pacing. So that they're actually talking and saying it at the right pace at the same time. That, that was really good. They apologize. They kiss it out. 
William says, you know, times like this, most couples have makeup sex. But we got that three-month rule thing. So Jones suggests makeup scrabble with just dirty words. Oh, he says just with dirty words. And she's like, if you insist. And he's like, oh, I insist. She goes, so what I want doesn't matter at all? I was like, where did that come from? See, that's why people be overlooking when she do have points. (laughs) Because she's so controlling. she does shit like this. Because yeah. she really like, be doing the most. Project. Where did that yeah. even come from? Like, y'all were just getting along. Everything was back to normal. <sighs> That's not what he meant, girl. Um, so next, we're back at Climax Publishing. Lynn's at the computer writing her book aloud. She says, her body quivered and she ached for more. Her pouty lips drew closer to his 10-inch and then Maya comes up from the other cubicle and says, pipe down over there. Get it? <laughs> yes. Pipe <laughs> down. <laughs> I love silly jokes. There he is. And so surprised, Maya's working there. She changed her mind. It's definitely better than being that law, that, that law firm, that low budget place. Pick the lesser of the evils here. Uh-huh. Being a law assistant didn't fulfill her anymore and she needed the money. So um, the job that at Climax allows her to write and that's what she loves to do. I'm here for it. You know, sometimes you got to do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. And Mm. mm, cash at me. Um, Cash at me. (laughs) But it's still it's still something where she gets to flex her creative, her creativity with her writing and, you know, who knows? This might spark her interest into writing fiction and fantasy and open a door for everything else. Because at the end of the day, whether you are writing erotic literature or or sci-fi, I mean, they all do have your basic format, right? So, like, yeah. you can use what you are learning and apply that to something else that's not porn. So, I'm happy yeah. for that. And she got a she got a a supervisor that's not down her neck, and she gets to chill. Lynn is over there, so it's a better place for her, better environment. Yeah, definitely. And she got a TV at her desk. I was like, wait a minute, the relaxation. One of those little <laughs> mini TVs from the nineties that you put in the kitchen, watch your soaps on. Right, right. That was cool. And then on top of that, I also feel like Maya. Once Maya opened her mind up to that job, it was like. I mean, I felt like that was really the better choice for her because honestly, her being tripping up about the sex thing, I find it funny how she was calling the sex job, like the job with her writing the porn being like a dirty job or whatever. But my thing is, why does sex have to be a dirty thing? Mm-hmm. Like, well, you know how we Americans does... have been taught. Yeah, it's just like it doesn't have to be a dirty thing when that's the way in which all of us exist biologically Mm -hmm. so it kind of makes no sense you know for us to have that mindset then on top of that for her to have that mindset because it's just like i mean you're saying that but these are but this is a job in which you could write so i mean Mm -hmm. what you gotta do come on now right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so she's watching that little tv and she sees reverend al sharpton on some talk show he was on an earlier episode and she gave her book to him while she was at the law firm she worked for william and he says, let me give you a book I've just read. Help jumpstart your life. It's a self-help book called, Oh Hell Yes. <laughs> it's about stepping out on faith and making a change. It's by a young woman named Maya Wilkes. <laughs> well, I took all the advice and moved on. Because she hated her job. Or at least I hated her in it. <laughs> anyway, 
It's a good book. Good advice. Good read. So good luck. And Maya gets all excited because she knows what's up. This book about to do numbers right now. Like, mm-hmm. this is a big endorsement. Yeah. So everyone in the office is excited. She's excited. Lynn's excited because the bootlegs are going to do numbers too. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know what this reminds me of? Like, side note, now we don't even really have, like, a bootleg man. Or if we do, it went from, like, the five bootleg man to, like, the one guy who's out here struggling, still trying to sell them DVDs. Like, it, it's like, what is going to happen if they decide to take everything off the cloud you know what i mean like people don't really think about that with music too like with everything that's um heavily digitalized and no one really well i download my my music to the computer computer, so it's mine it's my mind oh i thought i was the only weird one that did that like the good ones i'd be keeping my shit i have to do that because people do the streaming thing but if you're riding on the train and you're streaming music it stops it stops exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not. So it's not meant for us New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I peep that. So. Let's fix that, Mister <laughs> FBI man, whatever, whoever the fuck. Um, but anyway, so it just reminded me of that. Like, damn, like bootleggers really used to make bread when those blockbuster movies used to come out. Like them niggas was out here living the life. But shout out to the local bootleg man, woman, yeah, person, person. Yep. Used to come by the beauty shop and yeah. sell those DVDs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then on top of that, you know, with the bootlegging now, there are people who do websites or whatever, but you just never know. That's risky. Yeah. Because you might, you know, hit a virus or something right. that might mess up your mm-hmm. computer. But I just love how excited Lynn was. She was just like, <laughs> they're going to buy the bootleg copy too. I was like, girl, be happy for your friend first right and how how much is she selling these bootlegs because i assume that she still has to have the book printed out right so like how much profit is she really making selling a bootleg depends on how many pages she's printing out each time right like that's a thick book when he had that in his hand i was like oh well she might have small words larger paper Mm, i see sheets interesting I don't know how Lynn was doing that, honestly, but, you know, at least she went back to being happy for Maya at the end because she was yeah. just like, oh, never mind. Forget what I said, but girl, go get <laughs> Maya out. Maya's like, what? What'd you say? <laughs> She's like, oh, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Um, and then Maya left. <laughs> yeah, Maya went up. She left up out of there, At which I'm still like, are you sure, sure? Like, can you make sure you sell a few copies before you leave your job? Because mm-hmm. you never know. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen, but she leaves up out of there. She quits and um, everyone's cheering for her. And then lastly, we're at Skia. Maya and Tim are there, her literary agent, and she pretty much fires him. Maya has new representation. His name is Ian Greenfeld. <laughs> Ian, Ian is her new literary agent. And he seems mm-hmm. pretty on the ball because he, he pretty much told off Tim about his lack of work for Maya. So hopefully this is a new path for Maya and she has, you know, she gets uh, her career off the ground with this book thing, finally. And that's the end. Yeah. And then hilariously enough, you know, at that point, um, when Tim was trying to like, you know, speedball all these facts to her, she wasn't hearing it. And then the new Asian even caught a hold to it. And he was just like, he doesn't have anything. And Tim was like, he's right. I ain't got nothing. And he got up and I was just like, "Mm mm-hmm. 
But here again, I was disappointed because Maya got a new agent and that's great and all. And then he wasn't, you know, BSing with her with the facts and everything. But here again. White guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it would have been nice if they brought in another a black lady to even show that they could be the literary agent for her. Mm-hmm. You know, right. put some representation up there. It's girlfriends, mm-hmm. not friends. <laughs> but I feel like if it was now, then it definitely would have been a black female agent. Oh, yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. They don't want to get canceled. <laughs> so next is the oh hell yes moment of the episode. So we'll start with our guests. Stephanie, what is your oh hell yes moment? My oh hell yes moment was when Maya heard Reverend Al Sharpton talking about her book on TV. Because like I said, she was going through so much, you know, crazy stuff and tumultuous things, you know, involving her book and all the jobs and her bills and everything. And she was close to giving up on her dream completely, like in the episode. And the idea that this man who acted like he really didn't want to hear from her in her book, you know, in the earlier episode when she was working with William, the fact that he was able to sort of like be the conduit to her come up and her blessings just sort of, you know, mess me up inside. I was just like, yes, yes. I was just so happy for her because I'm just like, you know, this is what she deserved because she was really, you know, ready to just give it all up. But it's clear that it resonated with him the way it resonated with the other readers. And I was just really happy that she got her come up in that moment. And because she deserves it because she's like the realest one that comes from the realest, the I don't want to say the other women don't come from a real, real background, but she comes from a real, real background that, you know, is a little bit more grounded. And the fact that she was able to get that come up in the end made me really happy. So that's my Ophelia's moment. That's a good one. I think that might be across the board. That's mine. So Yeah, Yeah, that was mine. I was just like, gang, gang. Because people yes. today don't understand that when you've got that cosign on TV, TV used to mean a lot. Like back in the day before mm-hmm. the internet really blew up, it's like getting the cosign from Oprah's favorites list or some shit. Like it's a wrap. Yeah. Oprah's book club. <laughs> yeah. Oprah's favorite things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's great. So yeah, that's cool. I wanna. I wish I could have a moment where something like that happens and I could just quit my job on the spot just be like I hear stories about that you know it's almost like a holy moment too like it's very spiritual like like an unexpected miracle like bitch is this really happening like is my book on national tv and I'm Mm -hmm. here writing for pornos and I'm about to be out (laughs) like yes (laughs) like seriously it's the right word for it it's an unexpected miracle because she thought you know it was all over but then it was just like boom no it's not like mm-hmm. your dreams are still valid and then Al Sharpton was like he wasn't very kind he didn't appear very kind when she handed the book right. to him initially so to see this turn in him where he actually did read the book and he checked it out and he was able to promote it is like such a great turn and unexpected thing so yeah miracle's a good word for it mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm waiting for that moment too because Lord Jesus Amen. Let WWE call me. Period. It's over. Put it it's over. Atmosphere. <laughs> it's over with. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> it's over. Well, we we hope that we hope that for you. Thank you so much, Amen. Stephanie, for coming on our show. Um, <laughs> and thank you for being here. Tell everybody where they can find you. 
Well, thank you ladies for having me. And I just love everything you guys are doing with this show. Like it's an amazing show and it's having a renaissance um, around this time. And I'm happy that you two are documenting it and being yourselves while documenting it too. Like it's thank inspirational. You. Yes. Yeah. So please know you can follow me, your girl, Stephanie Hardy on Instagram and Twitter at Queen Steph Hardy. And you can listen to my show, The Hardy Wrestling Podcast, everywhere you get your podcasts. Um, and I also have a YouTube channel, The Hardy Wrestling Podcast. It's a purple and pink and white logo. So please check that out and just continue to support me in my wrestling journey because it's a lot going on. And this year was a whole lot, but... <laughs> Hopefully next year, there'll be even more. So mm -hmm. it's cracking and I love it. That's awesome. I wanted to mention you're going to be doing uh, TV shows soon after dark yeah. after show. Yeah, I'm actually planning on doing an after show because I want to branch out and do more outside of wrestling. I'm glad you, you mentioned it because I made the announcement that I'm going to do HWP, which is Hardy Wrestling Podcast Extra, where I talk about other shows I'm interested in outside of the realm of wrestling. And my first episode is going to be centered around the best man the final chapters and it was eight episodes so hopefully i'll be able to start um doing the after show and do like two episodes um per one because it was just eight so i'm gonna do episodes one and two for one episode and then so on and so forth yeah. so hopefully i'll be able um to carve out some time and do that because i love the best man franchise even though i was six when the first one came <laughs> out and didn't watch it until I was way more mature enough to watch it and really grasp everything. But still, I love and respect the franchise so much in terms of Black art. And I just have so much to say about it. So that's what I will be starting soon, maybe next week, because I'm trying to recover from Christmas. So oh, are we all? <laughs> yeah. It's going to take like the whole month of January to really fully recover. So if you guys want to send a review, subscribe, um, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts or hit us up on social media at Hell Yes Girl. We have TikTok and we have Twitter. So the next episode is called All the Creatures Were Stirring. It's a Christmas episode. Yeah, we are past Christmas, but you know, this is a good one. I really like this one. I remember it's uh William and Joan go off on a vacation or they try at least. So that's gonna be fun. And until next time, I'm Nettie Smith. And I'm Etsy Rowe. And we'll be here next week for All the Creatures Were Stirring. <laughs> <laughs>